Hello everyone and welcome to an episode of the Strange Matters podcast. Here at Strange Matters, we discuss everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I am Sean, and I will be the host for this episode. This time on Strange Matters, I will be looking at a mystery that takes place in a region of Siberia known as the Valley of Death. Specifically, I will be talking about a series of mysterious cauldron-like objects that are said to be located in the area. These huge metallic cauldrons buried in the ground are said to date back for centuries. The exact nature and purpose of these cauldrons are a mystery, as is the question, do they really exist at all? Some stories say that they are perhaps a result of the frequent meteorites of the area. Some believe that the objects are alien in nature, and that perhaps there are more to these metallic structures underneath the ground than can be seen. Could these objects be part of spaceships or some type of extraterrestrial base or structure? Or are they all just a folk story, and the cauldrons don't actually exist at all? On this episode, I will be looking over these questions, as well as detailing the history of these mysterious cauldrons buried in the Valley of Death. The topic for this episode was suggested by one of our longtime listeners, Daniel, so thanks Daniel for setting in another great topic. Strange Matters is made possible by our generous supporters over on Patreon. On Patreon, listeners can pledge a small monthly donation, and in exchange can gain access to exclusive monthly bonus episodes. For any listeners who are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do so by visiting our page at patreon.com strangematters. For this episode, I would like to thank our newest patrons of the show, Maybeth, Joshua, Wangeshi, Guberson, and Carl. And now on to the story of the mysterious cauldrons of Siberia. The first question that comes to mind with this topic is, what exactly are these cauldrons? The name of these mysterious objects discussed in this episode comes primarily from the Yakut people, a group of ethnic people living in this region of Siberia. The Yakut refer to a number of large mysterious objects and structures as elgoys, translated as cauldrons. I'll go into detail about the story and history behind these cauldrons in the episode, but generally they are described as very large, metallic, bowl-shaped objects, generally stuck or buried in the ground. The exact nature of these cauldrons are a mystery, but have shown up in Siberian history for quite a long time. Siberia is a large, vast region of land that spans across northern Asia. It accounts for nearly 80% of Russia's land and is roughly 5 million square miles, or 13.1 million square kilometers. Despite being a huge stretch of land, it is one of the most sparsely populated regions on Earth, with an average of just three people per square mile. Siberia is notoriously known for its long, brutally cold winters, and was infamously used by the Soviets as a place for political prisoners and forced labor camps, in which a good number of people would end up starving or freezing to death. While the place has been considered for some to be a cold, hell-on-earth type of place, where many were sent to suffer or die, for centuries it has also been home to various nomadic groups of people. While these hardy people were able to live in this frigid landscape and endure its hardships, there is still one region in particular that even they did not dare to venture. This area is known to the Yakut nomadic people as Iluiu Cherkechek, which translates to Valley of Death. For many decades, this region was avoided by the nomadic people, due in large part to folk tales and stories of hauntings and mysterious disasters that took place a long time ago. 
There is a very old story among a tribe of the region's nomads of a fiery crash of something that come out of the sky. When this mysterious object impacted on the ground, it then shone a brilliant pillar of light shining up into the sky. With time, this pillar of light slowly diminished, until it would spark back up for one more night, shooting fireballs into the sky. These fireballs arced through the night, with some of the fireballs landing in and obliterating the villages of the tribe's enemies. The tribe would name this thing at the center of the old tale, the criminal stranger who pierced the earth and hid in the depths, destroying all around with a fiery whirlwind. What exactly is described in this old legend is a mystery. Some believe it to be some sort of natural phenomenon, Others think that it could possibly be a centuries-old telling of an alien spacecraft, while others think it's all just a made-up folk story with no basis in reality. Going by the old legend, it could be interpreted that an alien ship crash-landed on Earth and for some reason shot out guided missiles to take out the populated villages around it. Or it could be that a meteorite slammed into the Earth and gave off some type of glow, and then later exploded, sending fiery fragments all over the area some of which landed in villages and ended up burning them down. Regardless of the authenticity and exact meaning of the story, it stuck around for a long time and had an impact on more than just the nomadic tribes of the area. Apparently, even the traders and merchants who would travel through the region would mostly avoid the Valley of Death from the stories they heard about it. As for the cauldrons of Siberia, there are a number of stories and witness accounts from the past of these strange anomalies in the region. As far back as 1853, an explorer of the region named R. Mack wrote, In Suntar, a Yakut settlement, I was told that in the upper regions of the Veloy, there was a stream called Algi Terambit, which translates as the Large Cauldron Sink. Close to its bank in the forest, there is a gigantic cauldron made of copper, its size is unknown, as only the rim is visible above the ground, but several trees grow within it. A similar experience was recorded by N.D. Arkhipov, a researcher into the ancient cultures of Yakutia. He said, Among the population of the Valois Basin, there is a legend from ancient times about the existence in the upper reaches of the river of bronze cauldrons, or ogois. This legend deserves attention, as the areas that are the supposed locations of the mythical cauldrons contain several streams with the name Ulgoidak, which means cauldron stream. In the 1930s, there was an old merchant named Savinov, who had spent years trading along the route through the Valley of Death, before eventually giving up the business. As Savinov prepared to leave the region and would move away with his granddaughter Zina, they passed through the harsh lands of the Valley of Death. During their travels, Savinov stopped at a place that the locals had called Keldiu, or Iron House. It was a metallic, reddish arc coming out of the ground, and within it were several divided chambers, all made out of metal walls. Inside the structure, it felt to the two travelers to be as hot as a summer day. During their night spent inside, Zena would remember that her grandfather said that even in the coldest of winter days, the metallic rooms would always be very warm. While this iron house may have seemed like a great place to stay, with its toasty ambient temperatures compared to the harsh coldness of the wilderness outside, there was a reason why it was mostly abandoned. The Yakut tribe had stories of hunters who had first come across the structure many years before. 
its shelter and heat made it a prime location for Smith and Knight while traveling through the Valley of Death. However, they soon figured out a disturbing trend. Anyone who spent a full day within the Iron House would begin to feel terribly ill. Those who spent several nights inside would get seriously sick, and some would soon die. The tribe learned it was best to avoid the place, as it was not worth the sickness and possible death just for a warm night. The acute set of the Iron House and its immediate surroundings, it is very bad, marshy, and beasts do not go there. As the nomadic tribes moved around often, the location of the Iron House and other structures like it were only known for brief periods of time from the hunters and scouts who actually went out into the area during the time that the tribes were living there. Once the tribe moved on, the location of the Iron House was soon lost to time, and its exact whereabouts became a lost memory. In 1936, there was another example of strange findings. A geologist was guided by a few elder natives to investigate a place along a nearby river known by the locals as the Place with a Cauldron, as it translated to. The group came upon a large red metal hemisphere in the ground. It was as if a huge metal bowl had been buried sideways into the ground, leaning over slightly so that it was possible to take shelter underneath. The geologist inspected this so-called cauldron, and found that its metal walls were around two centimeters thick, and the edge of it was sharp enough to cut a finger. The geologist wrote a report of his findings and sent it to the regional center of Yakutsk. The report was largely ignored, and it wasn't until 40 years later that a small archaeological team was sent out to try and locate this strange metallic hemisphere half buried in the ground. They recruited a local who had also seen the cauldron-like structure many years ago in his youth, and who was familiar with the area. Unfortunately, even going by the geologist's old notes and using the guide's knowledge, the team could not locate the cauldron. While frustrated at his failure, the guide admitted that the terrain has changed a lot in the past few decades, and that with the thick forest, it was common to be within 10 steps away from something and still not be able to find it. In 1966, a man named Mikhail Kretsky, who had visited the Valley of Death on several occasions, wrote a passage about his experiences. He wrote, I was there three times. The first time was in 1933, when I was 10. I traveled with my father when he went there to earn some money. Then, in 1937, without my father. And the last time was in 1947, as part of a group of youngsters. The Valley of Death extends along a right-hand tributary of the Valois River. and point of fact, it is a whole chain of valleys along its floodlands. All three times I was there with a guide, a Yakut. We didn't go there because life was good, but because there, in the back of beyond, you could pan for gold without the threat that at the end of the session, you'd be robbed or get a bullet in the back of your head. As for mysterious objects, there are probably a lot of them there, as in three seasons I saw seven of these cauldrons. They all struck me as totally perplexing. For one thing, there was their size, between six and nine meters in diameter. Secondly, they were made of some strange metal. Everyone has written that they were made of copper, but I'm sure it isn't copper. The thing is that even with a sharpened cold chisel, I will not mark these cauldrons. We tried it more than once. The metal doesn't break off and can't be hammered. On copper, a hammer would definitely have left noticeable dents. But this copper is covered over with a layer of some unknown material resembling emery, yet it is not an oxidation layer and not scale. It can't be chipped or scratched either. 
We didn't come across shafts going down to the ground with chambers, but I did know that the vegetation around the cauldrons is anomalous, totally different from what's growing around. It's more opulent, large-leaved burdock, strange grass, one and a half or two times the height of a man. And one of these cauldrons, the whole group of us, six people, spent the night. We didn't sense anything bad, and we calmly left without any sort of unpleasant occurrences. Nobody fell seriously ill afterwards. Except that three months later, one of my friends lost all of his hair. And on the left side of my head, the side I slept on, three small sore spots the size of match heads appeared. I've tried to get rid of them all my life, but they're still with me today. None of our efforts to break off even a small piece from the strange cauldrons was successful. The only thing I did manage to bring away was a stone. Not an ordinary one, though. Half of a perfect sphere, six centimeters in diameter. It was black in color and bore no visible signs of having been worked, yet it was very smooth as if polished. I picked it up from the ground inside one of these cauldrons. Mikhail Koretsky would also write that in his later expeditions, he visited one of these cauldrons that he found on an earlier trip. He mentioned that in the years between visits, it had sunk in significantly into the ground. This raises the possibility that if he visited the cauldron on a later trip, he wouldn't be able to find it at all, as the entire thing could now be underground. This could be why several other trips into the Valley of Death to find certain cauldrons failed, as the teams could not locate what can't be seen underground. Most of the visual reports and eyewitness accounts of these buried metallic cauldrons seem to take place from the mid-1800s to the mid-1900s. Renewed interest in these strange objects took place in the 1970s and beyond, and multiple expeditions have set out into the Valley of Death to try and locate one of these cauldrons. However, nearly all of them ended with no luck in finding what they were looking for. Some claim that's because of the changing terrain over the decades, along with the fact that the cauldrons seem to have been sinking deeper and deeper into the soft and marshy ground over time. Others claim that these expedition teams didn't find anything because there is nothing to find all along, and that all the reports and accounts of these reddish metal hemispheres in the ground are just fabrications and urban legends. However, there was apparently a recent investigation that did come up with some relevant results. A small team of Russian scientists and researchers ventured out into Siberia and into the Valley of Death to see if they could find any of these mysterious cauldrons. Lead scientist Mikhail Visok discussed the team's finding in an interview when they returned, saying, We went out into the Valley of Death to really see and investigate the metal cauldrons that people claim exist there, and we actually found five metallic objects buried in marsh-like swamps. As for these metallic objects, Mikhail Visok said, They are each submerged in a small pool of swamp-like water that is anywhere from two to three feet deep. They are definitely metallic, the scientists entered each swamp and walked on top of the objects and heard metallic sounds when striking the objects. The tops of the objects are very smooth to the touch, but there are sharp points along the outer edges. Several members of the expedition team started to get ill over the course of the day, so the team returned earlier than expected. While some have used this report as claims that something metallic must be buried in the swamps of the region, others are suspicious of the legitimacy of these claims. While the presence of metallic objects buried in the swamps, and that exposure to close proximity of these objects caused several people to get ill, which do match up with other experiences with the cauldrons, many remain dubious of these findings. The skeptics have pointed out that, 
finding something metallic buried in shallow water does not mean that they are the same metallic cauldrons of legend. They could just be random metal objects that were dropped or abandoned in the region over the years. Also, since there aren't any videos or pictures of this expedition, some doubt that it even happened at all. As this recent report has not yet been verified with any actual evidence or with other follow-up expeditions, everything said by so-called scientist Mikhail Visok must be taken with a grain of salt. The mysterious cauldrons of Siberia have been a long-lasting mystery, and a point of interest for the region for decades. The region is also home to a large number of craters and large rounded hills, which also have become a heavily discussed topic of its own. These large craters have their own story instead of theories, which include meteorites, aliens, secret weapon testing, and more. As for the smooth curving hills, some put forth that they are the result of the sinking hemispherical cauldrons, and that once the earth has grown back over them, they created the many grass-covered domes in the area. It is hard to say for certain whether the cauldrons of the Valley of Death are a real thing, as there haven't been any credible and verifiable reports or photographic evidence of the objects in the modern era. So while there are a number of theories that have been put forth to explain the nature of these cauldrons, there is still much debate as to whether they are real at all. One of the simplest reasons why there is such little information about these cauldrons is because of where they are. The region of Siberia where these strange metallic objects are said to have resided is one of the most desolate and least populated places on Earth. Then you take the issues of putting together a team to venture out into the mostly uncivilized lands of Siberia and compound it with the fact that the exact whereabouts of these cauldrons are unknown, and finding anything in the thick swampy forest or the Valley of Death is next to impossible. This makes it easy to see why attempts at finding these cauldrons are few and far between. Then there's the chances that if these cauldrons were around and sinking as described in several accounts, that perhaps none of them are visible on the surface at all. Now, assuming that these cauldrons, or whatever these metallic objects happen to be, do in fact exist, the question becomes, what are they for? Many people have tried to come up with some explanations behind their existence. Some say they could be the leftovers of some ancient civilization. Others say it could be the result of a battle between UFOs or aliens in the sky, and that all the cauldrons or all their ships crash landing onto Earth. Perhaps the most popular, if not outlandish, theory behind these cauldrons is that they are all part of a vast underground bunker complex of extraterrestrial design. This theory is tied into several other topics of the region, specifically the mysterious holes and small earth domes dotting the land, as well as the Tunguska event. The Tunguska event, or Tunguska explosion, is named after a massive explosion that occurred in Siberia in 1908. The force of this explosion is thought to equal as much as 30 megatons of TNT, thousands of times more powerful than the atomic bombs dropped in Japan in World War II. This explosion completely flattened over 2,000 square kilometers of Siberian forest, causing more than 80 million trees to be destroyed. Such an event over a metropolitan area could completely obliterate an entire city and its populace. Yet because of the sparse population of Siberia, not a single person was seriously hurt in the explosion. While the Tunguska event is generally classified as an impact event, no impact crater that corresponds to the explosion has ever been found. It is therefore commonly believed that whatever caused the event occurred from an in-air explosion, 
such as an airburst of a large meteor. This Tunguska event of a massive explosion from an incoming meteor or asteroid entering Earth's atmosphere has been linked to the mysterious cauldrons in recent times. The theory is that long ago, some beings of extraterrestrial origin constructed a huge stretching underground installation. One of the main goals of this complex was to protect Earth from meteorites and asteroids. The Tunguska event was one of these instances, and the explosion was not caused by the natural process of a meteor airbursting high above the Earth, but was actually the result of a guided interceptor taking off from the underground facility and impacting with the meteor. This act prevented what could have been much more significant damage if the incoming meteoroid had directly impacted with the Earth. The reasoning behind the belief that the Tunguska explosion was caused by intercepting missiles of some kind came from some of the eyewitness accounts from the event. A number of accounts talk about hearing what sounded like a series of cannons being fired off in quick succession all around them as the meteor approached. While some saw what was likely the incoming meteor traveling from southeast to the northwest, others at the same time located more to the north apparently saw other fiery red objects traveling in the opposite direction, as if these other set of streaking objects in the sky were moving to meet with the meteor. These interceptor or terminator objects rose up to meet the meteoroid, colliding with and destroying it before it could impact with the Earth. The massive energy caused by this collision resulted in the explosion. Those who believe in the theory of the underground complex that is meant to protect the Earth claim that the Tunguska event is a clear example of it performing its mission flawlessly, as the interception of the meteor happened in an exact spot that resulted in not a single human death. If the meteor had air-bursted over a different area, or traveled further along to directly impact with the ground, it could have caused much more damage and claimed a good number of lives. One of the believers of the alien underground installation theory is a Russian man named Valery Uvarov. In an interview with Graham Birdsall, editor of the UFO magazine, he was asked about what he thought about the Tunguska explosion of 1908. Valery said, It is not so much a case of belief. We know what caused it. It was a meteor, but a meteor that was destroyed by, let's say, a missile. The missile was generated by a material installation. We don't know who constructed it, but it was built long, long ago, and is situated in Siberia, several hundred kilometers north of Tunguska. I can tell you that our investigation has revealed more than one explosion of Tunguska. Let me share something with you. The last time this installation shot down a meteor was on the 24th of September last year. The Americans, they have three bases. They too noticed this explosion. If what Valery Uvarov is suggesting is real, then that means that this installation has protected the Earth and shot down several meteors. This underground installation theory most likely came about as a result of combining the Tunguska event with another idea. This second piece of the puzzle is the belief that the half-buried metallic cauldrons found in Siberia were simply the tops of various structures, and not just standalone objects. It is claimed that there is much more to them under the earth than could be seen. Some of the earliest reports of these cauldrons from tribespeople in the 1800s mentioned that these hemisphere objects were actually above the ground, supported by metal columns. 
Some accounts also describe what could potentially be manholes, latches, or possible entrance points, which would suggest that there was in fact more to these structures below the visible cauldrons. In this theory, it could be possible that at one time nearly the whole installation was above ground. Then by the 1800s, all that was left that could be seen was these strange bowl-shaped objects supported by metal pillars. And then by the early 1900s, all that could be seen were the metallic bowl-shaped objects half-sunken into the earth. Perhaps by the time of the 1970s came about when different expeditions went out searching for the cauldrons, all of them had finally completely submerged under the permafrost. Now nothing remains on the surface, and the entire complex is truly underground. As interesting as it is to think about a secret old underground installation that was built by alien races to protect Earth from meteors, the theory is lacking in terms of definitive physical evidence. The theory as a whole rests on three separate topics that don't have clear answers of their own, namely the Tunguska event, the many craters and hills that cover the Siberian Valley of Death, and the old stories of the mysterious cauldrons. All three of these different instances would have to be connected and linked in order for the underground installation theory to be true. And while the cauldrons of Siberia are still a largely unanswered subject, there have been put forth numerous natural scientific explanations for the Tunguska event and the Siberian holes. As I mentioned earlier, the Tunguska event is most generally attributed to an airburst of a meteor. As for some slightly contradicting claims made in eyewitness accounts, it could be that just from the sheer surprise and shock of the explosion, as well as the many-year gap it was between the actual event and the subsequent investigation, that some of these people just got their details wrong. I don't think anyone could be blamed for spontaneously witnessing the largest explosion in human history and then getting their directions mixed up in the aftermath. A secondary proposed explanation is the geophysical hypothesis which states that the Tunguska event was caused from the release and explosion of over 10 million tons of natural gases, which leaked from the Earth's crust. This theory states that a trail of gas started to continually rise up out of the ground, creating something similar to a candle wick. Eventually, when part of it was ignited by something like lightning, the line of gas ignited, and the flames followed the trail of gas down to the surface of Earth, where it caused a massive explosion. Underground buildup of gases is also an explanation for the many craters, sinkholes, and hills found in Siberia. Just as with the mysterious cauldrons, the Siberian craters have also been a much-debated topic of interest over the years around what is causing them. Some of the theories behind this are secret missile tests, UFO sites, giant worms, or other unknown underground species. However, one scientific explanation that seems to be quite plausible is the presence of something called pingos. Pingos are basically a plug made out of frozen dirt that is containing beneath it a pressurized system of methane gas. If this trapped methane gas built up enough pressure, or something ignited it, the result would be a large explosion. Another cause of a pingo event is when the frozen plug of earth covering the methane bubble melts. These pingos could explain the many craters and sinkholes in the region, as they could all be the result of explosions of trapped methane gas. This could also be the reason behind the many curved hills in the region, that some claim to be the result of earth growing over these sinking metal cauldrons. These dome-like looking hills could actually be the frozen plugs trapping the gas beneath it, 
and the pressure of the gas below is what is causing them to rise up to form the hills. Pingos are already thought to be the cause behind a number of very large craters and holes in Siberia, such as the B1 crater, which is around 70 meters, or 200 feet deep. Interestingly, Pingos have also been attributed as an explanation to another famous mystery, that of the Bermuda Triangle. There have been some who believe that large pockets of methane gas bursting up from the ocean floor is the reason why some ships suddenly go missing. The sudden release of gas can cause a large burst of water to shoot up, which can basically swallow a small ship whole. Going back now to the cauldrons of Siberia, and their effects of causing people around them to get ill or even die, there have been some scientific explanations for that as well. One theory behind this could potentially be the result of radiation sickness. As I talked about earlier in the episode, there are multiple stories from the nomadic tribes of people who spent too much time in close proximity to these metallic cauldrons, who would then become sick or die. Others were said to experience loss of hair and teeth after spending a night under the shelter of the cauldrons. I mentioned Mikhail Koretsky's story of when he wrote about his different ventures to visit the cauldrons, and how on the last trip one of his friends lost all of his hair, and Mikhail himself developed several sores on the side of his head that never went away. Some of the stories like this are very similar to other instances of people who suffered from radiation sickness. The old nomadic stories of the Iron House and other structures like it include that beasts and animals stayed away from them, perhaps another result of these objects being very radioactive. So if this is true, we would then know the scientific reason as to what is causing these people to fall ill or die when spending too much time around these cauldrons. But that then raises the question as to what is causing these metallic cauldrons to be so radioactive in the first place. If these cauldrons do give off intense radiation, and did so in a time before mankind could produce such radioactive material themselves, it could give credence to the idea that these objects are not of this world. There is another possible theory that could explain the behavior and sickness of people in the Valley of Death instead of radiation, though, which once again involves underground gases. Under this theory, it states that toxic fumes and gases from underground in the area could be the cause of the strange symptoms shown in people who spent too much time near the cauldrons. These toxic gases could cause fatigue, confusion, and exhaustion, causing the people breathing it in to not be able to think straight. Prolonged exposure could also lead to death. So, it could be that it wasn't actually the metal cauldrons that was causing people to get sick and die. It was just that they happened to be in an area that also happened to be a hotspot for toxic underground gases. While the truth behind the cauldrons of Siberia and all the strange events of the area possibly linked to them have been a topic of interest for many years now, there is still very limited amount of information available. Much of what we know about them are based on witness accounts and tribal stories, some of which are between 100 and 200 years old. How much we can believe these stories will depend on the individual. Some may write them off as simply mythical folk tales, while others may hold them as the truth. The fact that all of this is happening in a sparsely populated and hard-to-reach region is another reason why there is such little to go on. In the past 30 or 40 years, there has been a few expeditions into the Valley of Death to search for these legendary cauldrons, but none have come up with any real evidence, and most could find nothing at all of interest in the dense forests and swamps. Newer proposals of investigating the cauldrons have suggested the use of drones or low-flying aircraft to try and find any signs of them, 
if they are out there at all. If the cauldrons really have always been sinking, it could be that the chance to find them has simply passed us by, and that they are now forever lost beneath the frozen ground. The Cauldrons of the Valley of Death is perhaps the most interesting and debated mystery in the entire Siberian region. The two main questions of, are these cauldrons even real in the first place, and if so, what is their purpose, still remains largely unanswered, and perhaps always will. But with how long these cauldrons have been a topic of interest and have attracted people to the region, it could be with further expeditions and study of the area, we will one day finally come to a conclusion, one way or the other, as to what is really behind the story of these cauldrons once and for all. Until that day, though, anyone is free to come up with their own conclusions as to what theory or explanation they feel describes the true meaning behind the mysterious cauldrons of Siberia. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Strange Matters podcast. If you have your own feedback on this episode on what you feel is the best answer behind the cauldrons, please feel free to write in. You can reach us by email at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us and follow the podcast on our social media sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As always, if you have suggestions for topics for future episodes, please write those in as well. Finally, we ask if you are listening to the show on iTunes, please take the time to leave a rating and a review. So until the next episode of the Strange Matters podcast, take care, everyone.